Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God which engages us is the Old Testament lesson read previously. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, the Old Testament lesson for this morning focuses upon your servant. Now, just a minute, Pastor, you might be saying, I don't have any servants, I'm not that wealthy. Well, I'm not talking about those kinds of servants. And I can assure you that each and every one of you here this morning has a servant. In fact, our Old Testament lesson for today focuses on your servant actually speaking and telling you what he has done for you as your servant. You see, the Old Testament lesson for today is one of four scriptural sections from the prophet Isaiah that are called servant songs. And each one of these sections identifies a particular servant of the Lord. Now that begs the question, who is the servant that is described in our Old Testament lesson for today? Well, there is only one person who completely and fully fits the description of the servant in our Old Testament lesson for today, and that is none other than Jesus Christ himself. And so in our Old Testament lesson for today, we have Christ himself speaking to us some 700 years before he walked on the face of this earth, telling all of us what he has done for us as our servant. And so today, I invite you to look with me in greater depth at our Old Testament lesson and see this servant, a servant who is faithful, a servant who is determined, and a servant who is victorious. First of all, a servant who is faithful. This servant, Jesus Christ, hears the words of the Father and is in complete alignment with the will of the Father. He says a couple of verses into our Old Testament lesson, the Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious and I turned not backward. Or some 700 years later, Christ would say, I have come not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Completely faithful to the will of the Father is this servant. And how we needed a servant who was faithful. Because our first parents, Adam and Eve, were unfaithful. They heard the words of the Lord God and they did rebel. And ever since that first rebellion, all of their descendants, including us, have been conceived and born with that rebellious spirit when it comes to God. We confessed it just a few minutes ago that we have not loved the Lord our God with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. That we have sinned in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. It's only the natural result of carrying around with us yet that old sinful, rebellious nature. How we needed a servant who was faithful, and he was. 
Oh sure, he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane just a few moments before his arrest, saying to the Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. In other words, let this cup of your wrath, this cup of your anger, this, this cup of your punishment, let it pass from me. Let it be done some other way, in some other means, by someone else. But he was quick to add, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He is, and was, and always will be, the faithful servant, completely following the will of the Father. And he is faithful to you as well. Faithful to all of his promises to you. Promises of forgiveness, of life, abundant life, eternal life. Faithful to his promises to come again and take you to be with him. That where he is, there you may be also. He is faithful. But he is also determined. In verse 7 of our Old Testament lesson, he says, I have set my face like flint. You can almost feel the determination, the sense of resolve in those words, can't you? They would be echoed some 700 years later. In the Gospel of Luke, Luke 9, verse 51, where Luke writes of Jesus, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. He was determined to go to Jerusalem, determined to go to the cross, determined to fulfill the mission that he came to fulfill, even though that mission would involve so much agony and pain and suffering and humiliation. He says in verse 6 of our Old Testament lesson, I gave my back to those who strike my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. Notice how he says, I gave my back to those who would strike. He didn't have to go through with the scourging and the flogging that he received from the Roman soldiers. He could have simply thrown up his hands and walked away and abandoned his mission. But he didn't. He voluntarily underwent that scourging and that flogging. And you know, we have a tendency to just kind of gloss over and, and say in a very matter-of-fact way that Jesus was flogged, but it was a serious and very dangerous process. The Roman soldiers knew exactly what they were doing. They were professionals. They used an instrument that had a handle and different leather cords coming out from that handle. And often in those leather cords, they would embed either bits of bone or bits of metal, so that when they flogged you, the metal or the bone would dig into the skin. They even had a law that they could not flog you more than 39 times because it was felt that after that, someone's life actually might be in jeopardy. I gave my back to those who strike, says Jesus. And as to the pulling out of the beard, we don't have an actual account of that happening. And so many feel that perhaps it was a reference to just a general humiliation that Jesus had to endure, and he certainly was humiliated. 
Remember how the Roman soldiers dressed him up like a king in order to mock him? Remember how they blindfolded him and danced around him and struck him and said prophesy as to who it was who was striking him? He was humiliated in those and many other ways, including the crucifixion, which was a humiliating way to die. And then Jesus says, I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. We know that the Jewish members of the Sanhedrin spat upon Jesus after they convicted him. We know that the Roman soldiers spat upon him as well as they were mocking him. Just stop and consider what is happening. The one whom we confess to be very God of very God is being beaten, humiliated, and spat upon. Why? Because he is our faithful servant who is determined to fulfill his mission, the mission that the Father gave him. And fulfill it he did. He was victorious in the end. He pronounced it from the cross, saying, It is finished. He was victorious, and so he can say in our text, The one who vindicates me is near, and the Lord God is my helper. His resurrection was his public vindication, if you will, and his victory and his resurrection becomes our resurrection and our victory as well. And so he can say of his enemies in the Old Testament lesson for today, They are like an old garment that is worn out, and the moth will eat them. By the grace of God, Christ's vindication is your vindication. His resurrection is your resurrection. His victory is your victory over the same enemies of sin, death, and Satan. And there will come a day when you too are publicly vindicated, it will be on the day when this same servant returns, coming this time not in humility but in all power and glory. And on that day, you will be raised bodily from the grave just as he was raised bodily from the tomb. And all of humanity will stand there before that same servant. And you... And all believers in Jesus Christ will hear him say to you, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Yes, you have a servant, a faithful, determined, victorious servant. And today, he has spoken to you. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.